Jesus, you're amazing. And it's all about you. We're so thankful, Jesus. Thankful to you. We're just so thankful to you, Lord. Hallelujah. So we're going to continue with Philippians uh, once the uh, offering is is in. If you could hand out those those handouts. Um, I generally, uh, how, how many of you have been to either one or four? One to four of what I've had to toss at you guys. For, so for how many is this completely new? Okay. You guys are kind of sunk. Because for those of you who, who know what, what's going on, I'm going to skip all the preliminaries. And we're just going to jump, jump in. Uh, so we are now and uh, once you get there, Miss Ricky, you can be at um, slide five. So we're going to start with, with first uh, with Philippians 127. We'll just see how far we get. It's the advantage of inductive studies. We can kind of get as far as we can and, uh, and chew on as much as we're able. So this is verse 27. Now, we're, we're very, very much picking uh, Paul absolutely in the midst of thoughts here. And uh, it just simply, it is what it is. Because remember, this is a very personal letter. This is a letter that, that Paul wrote to the Philippians as a thank you gift for a thank you gift. And so uh, we have to be careful with this kind of situation because we, it's, not a, it's not a letter he's writing to us, it's a letter he's writing to the Philippians. So we have to be kind of careful when we're looking at this to make sure that we understand that, that we take what we can take. And, and, and those of, again, those of you who have, who have uh, been around the block with me kind of understand that. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or remain absent, I will hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, experiencing the same conflict you saw in me, and now here to be in me. For this reason, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit and intent on one purpose. Now, that's a lot of English words. And I don't know about you, but I have a hard time digesting this stuff unless I really take my time and chew it well. And that's so much what study is about rather than just simply uh, meditating or reading is giving an opportunity to, to chew what it is that we're listening, we're hearing, and we're reading. So we'll see how far we can, we can get with this. I think it's fair to ask the question, Slide six? Yep, let's go up to slide six. I think it's fair to ask the question, is, is the opening of this really for us? 
When Paul says, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that I may, so whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the face of the gospel, faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, salvation for you too, and that too from God. We're going to stop right there. I think it's fair to ask, is that for us? Because remember, Paul is writing to who? The Philippians. And so he has a relationship with these people. And you kind of have to remember the story. Here's this guy who was on a donkey to put, Christian, to put Christians in, in prison, gets knocked off his donkey, gets retasked to a completely different situation. And now, after a number of years, we know that he spent 14 years in, uh, in the desert, learning about Jesus. He now then begins this amazing mission of going around the essentially then known world and presenting the gospel of Christ. And so he obviously had a connection with these people and spent time with them enough that they sent him a gift with someone, with Epaphras, Epaphroditus, sorry. And so there's clearly a connection there. There's a lot of a lot of friendship and love and adoration. And we can also tell that by looking through the first part, where, where we've gone. So I think it's fair to ask the question, is this for us? What do you think? Is it for us? Now remember, we kind of have to stay within the context of the, of the passage because this is an inductive study. It's not a topical study. We're really wanting to, say, to hear what the scripture is saying to us. And only what the scripture is saying, what this scripture is saying to us. Not scripture as a whole, but this scripture. Is this for us? What can we glean from this passage that, I hear some yups going on. I hear a lot of uncertainties or a lot of silence, but I hear some yups. How many would say this is for us? Okay, why? What in the passage tells you this? What can you glean from the passage that tells you? See, because that's the question. Do you agree? That's the question. Because remember, I think it may have been a couple of times ago, there was actually a promise that, that Paul gave the Philippians that we really had to, had to justify whether it was for us. Remember, that was the one that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. But we couldn't just take that uh, at face value. We actually had to go into a little bit of what was going on in, in, the, in the lives of the Philippians and match it to ours. And if it was the same, then we could say, okay, it was for us. So probably some of us in the room could take that promise and some of us couldn't. So now Paul is making some, some expectations here of conduct, Right? Only conduct yourselves in a manner. So these are expectations of conduct. What in the passage gives us the sense that it is for us? And I would agree. I think it is for us. Pardon? Okay. He talks about, that's good. He talks about being in one spirit, one mind, all those kind of things. Here's some thoughts about that. Does Paul expect to be there to see these things? He doesn't, does he? He's actually saying whether I'm there or whether I'm not. 
So I think that there's some, there are some, uh, there are some things there that we can say, yeah, I think there's a good chance this is for us. And so now we can delve a little deeper. And let's delve a little bit deeper. Um, and I, slide eight. Slide eight. And I think this also helps us, is the word that he uses, the word that, that Paul uses here, which I think is pretty cool, when he says, conduct yourselves, he uses the word politeomei, which can also be translated, behave as a citizen. Now, remember what, Philipp, what Philippi was. Philippi was a Roman colony. It was a Roman colony, so there were free Roman citizens who lived within this colony. And so he's speaking to free Roman citizens. He's saying, behave as a citizen. But we also know that there's that, that remembering last time when Paul was explained all these different core values. Remember those core values? And central beliefs, we know that the kingdom is a huge core value for Paul. So, so there's an element here, not only is Paul talking about behave as a, as a freeman, but also behave as a freeman of what? Of which kingdom? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Yes, not the Roman kingdom. Because to Paul, that's... That's the vehicle which is allowing him to do all these things. He's, he's, walking, he's walking in Roman roads and all of those sorts of things. So, and he himself is also a, a Roman freeman. So I think we can say absolutely yes. So now let's take a look at these expectations. Standing firm in one spirit, one mind striving together in no way alarmed by your opponents. I'm going to jump to one mind striving together. And this is where... It's helpful. Sometimes these words don't make a lot of sense to us. And so it's helpful to meditate on them. And remember that these are Greek words, not English words. And so this one is pretty cool. Um, yes. So I want to make sure I'm on the right track. Yes, slide 11. One mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now the word one mind, one breath, one soul, there I will admit there are a lot of Greek words that talk about aspects of who we are as human beings and that's still kind of confusing for me. But we have a concept that it is a, sim, it is, is a same sense, the same, same breath, same... Um, uh, same soul. But the thing that I want to focus on is the word striving together. And this may be as far as we get today, and that's okay. I think this is a good takeaway. And we can, unfortunately, you guys will have to deal with me later. I'm already on the docket for October, so sorry about that. <laughs> I really wonder how sometimes what you guys think when I walk up here, because I'm sure some of you are going, oh, no, not again. <laughs> could have gone someplace else this morning had I known. <laughs> and some of you are going, yeah, this is cool. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really want to know what the percentage is, honestly. <laughs> it's really okay. Don't, don't, don't let me know. So it's the word striving together. Sun athleo. 
which is pretty cool. So this is going to be a little bit of a dive in and then a question asked. And then we're going to leave it at this. The easy part is the athleo. To contend in a competitive game, we get athletics from that. So that makes sense, right? The hard part is the prefix, which can also be, can be seen either S-Y-N or S-U-N, and it means in union. Now, just like, like the Greek word for love, how many Greek words are there for love? You guys remember this? There are four. What are they? Agape, which is the love that is a choice to want the good for somebody else. To want the good for someone else. That's, that's kind of a definition of agape. To choose the good for someone else. Generally over your own good. Okay, that's one. What's the other one? Phileo. Phileo, which is brotherly love, brotherly fondness, fondness between uh, two people. What's the other one? Eros, which is erotic love. Not necessarily, it's, it's, it's um, we'll leave it at that because there's more to going on. What's the other one? <laughs> storge, right? Oh, good for you. Storge is the other one which is, which is not occur in the, in the New Testament, and that's family love. Okay, so there are four words. For the word together or union, there are three different Greek words. The first one is meta. So we're on 12. Awesome. Meta, which means accompaniment, proximity, similarity. So metabolic are processes that occur at the same time within our bodies, right? A metaphor are similar ideas, ideas that, that, are, that are sort of parallel like that. Another one is para, and that is translated alongside. We get the word paradox, uh, parallel, two lines. Paramedic, someone who comes alongside. Paraclete, we know who that's, the Holy Spirit. But then here's the one sun, S-Y-N or S-U-N. And it's translated also process, resemblance, possession, or completeness. And here are the words we get as English words. Symbiosis. Of uh, a, a situation where there is value to both. Symmetry, a feeling uh, made of exactly similar parts. Sympathy, feeling sorry for another person, feeling the same thing that someone else is experiencing. Here's my favorite symphony. As a music teacher, as an orchestra teacher, I can tell you uh, together playing phony voice, phone voice together, I can tell you the easy part is getting kids to play. The hard part is getting them to play together. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. So there's a depth to this word sun that we have to really take into account when we start thinking about contending in union, competing in union, contending in union with someone. And I think it it challenges our, co our concept of our culture. Some of us have had experiences where we have been worked with someone else and it has been challenging possibly, difficult possibly, 
but it made a connection between the person with whom we were working that lasted longer than the competition. This is oftentimes the value of team sports. Some of you have been in team sports and you realize that you can't, you, in order to win, you have to work together, right? Does that make sense? It is, there is a depth that's necessary to compete in this manner. So what Paul is suggesting here is to strive together. And what I'm gonna to suggest to you is just like as you, using the example of athletics as team sports or as playing in an ensemble. You need to know the people with whom you are doing that. And there becomes a relationship and a connection between those people. And in other words, if you are honestly striving together for the sake of the gospel with someone, you're going to know who that person is. You're going to know that name. If you can ask, the, if I were to ask you the question, have you ever striven together for the sake of the gospel with someone? In order for you to answer yes, you would need to be able to supply names to that. Does that make sense? If you can't supply names, I would like to make the suggestion that you have not striven together in this manner. That that's the depth. That's the depth. Those of us who have had very magnificent experience, either in team sports or music, we look back at those moments and we can call up the names. Yep, I did that with this. I won that goal with these people, these names. And that's the depth. That's the depth, I think, that, that Paul is talking about here. This is sort of like Aristotle's comment, is that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. When you put all of it together, it is larger than what you started with. Now, now we come back then and we look at the verse and we just fit this into context. Only conduct yourselves, behave like a citizen in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whether I come to see you or remain absent, I hear that you are standing firm in one spirit and one mind striving together with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. I think this is a challenge for us in 21st century America. I don't think it was much of, I, I, for 21st century America, I think this is a challenge for us because I don't think that we really have a concept of what it means to strive together at this level. But I think that we can. But I think that it takes a little more thought. Oftentimes that comes out of experiences of suffering. And uh, will depend, I have to see what happens uh, as, I, as I carry this through. But it is interesting, let's just jump very quickly down to verse 29. For it has been granted to you for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. I'd like to suggest that oftentimes this level of being of one mind competing together 
also includes suffering. And that's something that we as 21st century Christians in America aren't necessarily very good at understanding or embracing. And that's a big enough topic that uh, that's something I don't want to necessarily gloss over because I think, I think there's something of real value in that that we need to look at a bit more carefully. So I'm going to leave you with this, with this one takeaway. First of all, acknowledging that we are, again, citizens of the kingdom of God. That that's, that's the precursor of all of this. And that as we, as we then acknowledge that we are rightfully owning these expectations, Paul's expectations, we can ask ourselves the questions, how, with whom are we standing firm in one spirit? With whom are we in one mind striving together for the faith of, God, for the, faith of the gospel? I think that's a fair question to ask. With whom? Am I doing that? And I'd like to make the suggestion that just saying, well, I, I attend RVCC doesn't necessarily cut it. I think that we need to be able to supply names. So my encouragement to you in this situation is perhaps spend some time with the Lord asking that question and just seeing where that takes you with your relationship with Jesus and hanging out with the Holy Spirit and see what, what he speaks to you about that and whether that's something that he wants you to follow up and follow through on. So let's stand together. Lord, it has been a, a, gr a great time together. I want to thank you, Jesus, for showing up in some really good ways and opening up our eyes and our ears to things that have been, uh, have potentially been commonplace for us. We are thankful, Jesus, that we serve a God of now, that we serve a God who is able to touch our heart now, in this moment, and in the next moment, and the next moment, and then we can expect you, Lord Jesus, to touch our hearts on a consistent and regular basis. That we don't, that we can count on you to, to take the ordinary things in our lives and make them special and make them real. All we have to do is listen and be aware of you. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you very much want to do that in our lives. I ask, Lord, also that, that, you would, uh, that you would call us to be specific about asking the, answering the questions of whom do we, do we strive together. And I know that's an area in my life that, that really does need time meditating on, and what am I going to do about that? Thank you, Jesus. You are so amazing. We love you so much. Increase our love for you.